Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was their pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So put all your guns in your guitar case. It's time for... I never saw that. Desperado Why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long. Why aren't you... Now, anytime, interrupt. Oh. Is that a hard one? I love that song. Or something. Just to be clear, I'm singing the Linda Ronstadt version mm-hmm. and not the Eagles version. Oh. Do you know who wrote that song, Michael? I don't. Who do you think? The Eagles. It? You're right. Wrote by the Eagles. No, really? Yes. Don oh. Henley and Glenn Fry wrote that song. I did not know that. Which is fine. <laughs> Which is fine. <sighs> I was hoping it was Linda Ronstadt, but it's fine. Well, she so she covered the Eagles version, or did they write it and then she recorded it first? Who recorded what? it first? No, they recorded it first. Why would she record it first if they wrote it and also they sang know. it and performed it and recorded it? That happens a lot. More Does than you it? Think. Yeah, yeah. Name a time, just one. Name a time that, that someone happened. wrote a song, someone else recorded it first, and then they recorded it later. Yeah, Crazy by Willie Nelson. Wrong. Not wrong. Willie he, Nelson wrote Crazy. Yeah, I know. But he, he wrote recorded it for Patsy it. Klein. She recorded it. Well, yeah, first. he wrote it for Patsy Klein. Yeah, and then later he recorded it as well. Yeah. That's another song I love to sing. Desperado, not so much, uh, as you could see by the sound of it. Hey, Desperado. Yeah, we watched a movie called Desperado. We sure did. It came out in 1995, and it was written, produced, and directed by Robert Rodriguez. I don't know if that's true. He directed it, probably wrote it, Hmm. probably produced it. Boy, those sure are things you should know. Sounds true. We are off to a good start. Cheech. Cheech was in this movie. He was great. He was funny. Didn't last long. Nobody lasts long in this movie. (laughs) There's a lot of little cameos and... And death. There's a lot of death. A lot of death. I so it opens with Steve Buscemi, which was cool. I this was a very good period for Steve Buscemi. He was doing so many things. I think Fargo is in our timeline, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it came out in '96. I've seen it oh. several times, but as we like to say, if if anyone out there super wants to hear us talk about it, I'd be happy to talk about it, or wants to come on and talk about it with us. Yeah, if it meant a lot to you, yeah. or if you've never seen it, if they've never seen it. What? Like, how then would that they work? Could, yes, they could watch it, and then they could talk about seeing it for the first time, and you could talk about how you've actually seen it. Oh, I see. That's a thing I do want to do sometime. Like, I want to introduce somebody to something. Also, you haven't picked a topic to introduce me to yet, which I think is very weird. Well, these are all kind of like everything we've done. I've no, seen everything. None of these know? things are things that you would ever choose. What maybe, are you talking about? Except Rancid, maybe. We've you would not have chosen... That- any. I the can't. Mask. Nope. Batman Forever. Wrong. Those are the ones I always just list off. I know why. Just I Jim Carrey. they're the worst. So anyway, Desperado is a movie, a film made by Robert Rodriguez. It is the middle part of the Mexico trilogy, but it's also kind of weird. It's 
So the Mexico trilogy is three films that he made. El Mariachi came out in 1993. Oh, right, right, right. I knew this was a sequel to that. Desperado is kind of a sequel, kind of a retelling, like a big budget retelling Mm -hmm. of El Mariachi. It's very similar. Which was a Mexican film. I mean, I guess technically this was a Mexican film, but it's not. It's an American film, but made by a Mexican director. Yeah. So El Mariachi came out in 1993. It was made for $7,000. What? I believe it was the lowest budget film of anything we've covered. We've probably covered music videos that El cost Mariachi. more. Yeah. We're not covering that, though. Right. <laughs> but we are in a way, because it's kind of the same story. When did that one come out? 93. Oh, shoot. We should have just watched that first, though. Well, we should watch it sometime. I liked El Mariachi a lot when it came out. I remember really enjoying that. And it was made for $7,000. And I think I read That's that amazing. it's the, the smallest budget, like lowest budget film to make more than a million dollars. Like it, it grossed $2 million when all was said and done, I think. Wow. Um, because That's it got really picked cool. up by a US studio and distributed. You know, I love that because I always feel like I'm always so blown away when I hear about movie budgets. Like I can't even get my head around what the fuck could possibly cost that much. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, $7,000 would be a lot of money for me right now in my life. But also, it's like, I feel like it would be really cool to get back to making the ability to make movies more accessible Mm -hmm. i kind of think that's a big that's part of the reason podcasting is so big and popular is because there's a very low bar for entry in terms of like you don't need to have a lot of money you need to have the money to buy some equipment i guess but anyway yeah i think the the bar for entry into film is is lower now than it has been ever just because of technology and stuff it is easy to make stuff um but even in 1993 $7,000 $7,000 was nothing ridiculously cheap well, for, for a, a movie big like that. Film, like, yeah, for any film, but to make a, a feature well, not, length film. Not like a porn you shot in your garage. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So not any film. Okay. I'm talking about a feature length movie with a plot, though, that people would want to watch and not just fast forward through. Have you not watched it? You haven't watched The Garage? I, I mean, The, <laughs> <laughs> the Garage. <laughs> Let me bet. Let's take that again. Okay. Have you not watched the porn I filmed in my garage, Micah? Ah, no, I haven't. Because I feel like you wouldn't be making comments like those if you'd seen it. How much did you spend on it again? What was your budget? Um, well, like I spent like fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, okay. But it was a feature length film. Wow, really? And it had a story. It had a plot. Okay. Yeah. So I think you should just be careful with the things that you say. I think you should be careful with the things that you say because now people. All over Twitter are going to be clamoring to see this film All that over you Twitter. supposedly made. You mean the three people that ever interact with me on Twitter? <laughs> yes. We're going to, it's going to be huge. <laughs> We're going to blow up over this garage porn. We're going to have to make a garage porn. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not happy about how this episode's going so far. Oh, shit. I love it. Here's a thing. Oh, sorry. Were you done with the, what was the third movie in the? The third movie was Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which came out in 2003. Oh. And I, Wait, is that the one with fucking Johnny Depp? Yes. What? Yes. How could these movies be? Okay, so I was reading a synopsis of Once Upon a Time in Mexico because I didn't really remember it. And I was like, huh, I never saw that one. And then as I read more, I was like, oh, fuck, yes, Johnny Depp. I did see that one. It was a real fucking mess. I hated that movie when it came out. Is is it Julia Roberts? I don't and think so. I think it is. No, I think you're thinking of a movie called The Mexican. Maybe. Yeah. Who's in that one? Julia Roberts. I think probably and Julia Roberts. Somebody yeah. who isn't Mexican, probably. And not Johnny Depp, I don't think. Um, 
But yeah, they made another one in 2003, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and it I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. I still think El Mariachi is the best, but I remember watching Desperado when it came out and thinking, this is a lot like El Mariachi, but it's pretty fucking slick, and there's bigger explosions and yeah, more blood right. yeah. and more- huge budget. It looks better, but the story, I liked El Mariachi better, and I still do. Well, we're not talking about El Mariachi. Right. Thank you. But- uh, I do. Pre- I mean, obviously, it makes sense to discuss it a little bit. I'm. I wish I had seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico so that I could. Oh no, you relate don't. to that. But what we're talking about today is the movie Desperado. Uh, Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that a lot on this episode. Like, just say things with suddenly with like an accent because I think I think people really connect to that when when white people do that. Yeah, and I think that it uh, it makes. It just brings this authenticity. And one thing that I think our podcast has really been missing is a certain level of pretension. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, we we have managed to be pretty. I think mostly unpretentious. Mm -hmm. Like me, let's not. I'm pretty pretentious, but I'm. I'm also there's there. It's (laughs) it's a mix of douchiness and pretension, and not douchiness in like the way that pretentious people think they're being. Are you talking about you or are you talking about the accent? I'm okay. I'm talking about me. Well, so it's my turn. You're going to bring culture to bring some. Yeah. I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. She also says croissant whenever she orders something at a French bakery. I actually don't do that. No, she doesn't. (laughs) Even though I do par français. That was so bad. Okay. (laughs) So before we get too far into this, I am very curious because you have been all day dropping hints about this incredible theory that you have. And by about all day, she this means movie. just within the last hour. No, no, actually, you brought it up way earlier today. Did I? Yes. Okay. You've, you've mentioned it several times. It's kind of okay. I'm just going to say if you're standing, sit down. <laughs> if you're driving, pull over. Mm-hmm. I want you to be safe. If this you're going to blow your mind. If you're pulled over, Drive and if you're sitting, stand up. No, what you no, want to do is just change. Don't listen to what she's saying because she doesn't know what, what she's talking you about. You want to change whatever she's you're trying doing to put your life in danger. <laughs> also, if you're around children, you may want to leave the room because you're gonna immediately you're gonna yell, "Oh my fucking god, he's right!" That's I can't wait. Boy, this sure is built. Okay. has been built up a lot. So people talk about how this is part of a trilogy. With those other two movies we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think that it's not part of that trilogy. I think these two movies, El Mariachi and Desperado, Wait. are prequels. Wait, don't say it because I have a guess about what... <sighs> oh, should I not ruin it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. go ahead and ruin it. No, 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 no. Go. You do it and then I'll act surprised. I submit <laughs> that El Mariachi mm-hmm. and Desperado mm-hmm. are prequels to a different movie. Called Memento. Oh, see, okay, I am surprised because I thought you were going to say Pulp Fiction. Mm, no, but somehow this is in that same universe because Quentin Tarantino is in this movie. It's also very similar to Pulp Fiction in some ways. In that Quentin Tarantino's in it and he overacts. Quentin Tarantino's in it. The violence is similar. There's a lot of it. The music is strikingly similar. So maybe you want to back up your like, sarcasm <laughs> bullshit. No. Tarantino and Rodriguez work together a lot on a lot of things, and they were fans of each other's work. And there, 
are yeah, theories so I, about a lot of like Tarantino's movies being set in the same universe and right, characters I thought that, going yeah. through and the, and they've made movies together and so that makes sense. Of course this would this couldn't have been a prequel because he gets shot in this one. Yeah. But anyways, okay, Memento. Anyways, Memento. Let me think for a second about mm-hmm. this. Without having seen El Mariachi, I'm not sure you're going to get it, but Oh, okay. Go ahead then. So in the first movie, the musician the el mariachi we never really know his name that's just his name he gets in a feud kind of with a drug kingpin did we know his name in this one in this movie i don't think so the drug kingpin shoots his hand and shoots the woman he's in love with right right that happens in el mariachi so they recreate that at the beginning of this film with antonio banderas Mm -hmm. playing that instead he kills moco the bad guy in el mariachi it's the final scene he kills the the dude Uh uh-huh and then the beginning of this movie he says i gotta go after bucho because he killed this woman he's the real boss and i need my revenge you got your fucking revenge and that was a open and shut case it was all contained within that movie but then they had to add this other drug kingpin who was actually the boss. Yeah. I need my revenge against him. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get I get how that's connected to, how that's similar to Memento. Yeah. So I don't, okay. What I'm saying is Steve Buscemi is playing. Buscemi? Yeah, that's how you say his name. According to who, According when? According to him. Nuh-uh, for real? Yeah. I have never in my life heard it pronounced that way. I know. Everybody says it Buscemi, and I, did, I do too often. But did you hear him say that I'm recently? I'm pretty sure it's Steve Buscemi. I'm going to have so much trouble saying that, but I'll try. But I don't think it matters. Like, everyone says it wrong. People know who you're talking about. Oh, that's nice. That's nice, Micah. We might as well just say people's names wrong because... No, I just don't think he cares that much because everyone says it wrong all the time. But And we used to hang out, Steve and I. Steve Buscemi comes in at the beginning of this movie and tells a story in a bar about how there's this badass guy who he just escaped from this bar. He shot up the whole place, all this stuff. Here, this one's on the house. If you can remember his face. Thanks. But no thanks. I'm clearing out of here, boys. Because I think he's headed this way. Well, thank you, boys. Y'all take care. He is Teddy from Memento. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that's kind of leading him around. And telling him, like, you need to get revenge, you know, go Mm -hmm. out. Except he doesn't really do that in this movie. He tells him, lay off. You got your revenge. Chill out. You are right. You are right. Maybe I should quit. Well, now you're finally talking some sense because you keep this up. Let me tell you something. You keep this up and it's going to be over. And believe me, it's going to be over real quick. Which but is kind of what Teddy no, does. No, Teddy at the end also of does that. Mm-hmm. I hope that people listening to this have seen Memento because this is going to be very confusing. Oh, if yeah. Not. Well, so you're saying that Antonio Banderas is the same character as Lenny? Or. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it would fit better than having them be prequels to Once Upon a Time in Mexico because that movie sucked. Mm-hmm. And at least this so one fits better. So instead, what you propose mm-hmm. is that these characters are just the same characters as Memento. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I do see parallels between, because Antonio Banderas is like trying to avenge the murder of the woman he loves, which is what Lenny's trying to do in Memento, mm-hmm. played by Guy Pierce. The thing is, though, Guy Pierce loses his memory. He has no memory. And so he ends up killing a whole bunch of different people, but he doesn't mm-hmm. remember it. 
so that part I don't see a con- I don't see how Well after Desperado they're as they're driving away in the Jeep, he gets in a car wreck and loses his memory. Oh. Yeah. Did he? Does he? If in my headcanon, yes. That's what happens. I think that Steve Buscemi as mm-hmm. Teddy makes sense. Except that he dies in this one, so it'd be hard for him to be in memento, but Yeah, anyway, all right. Well, it's a pretty bulletproof theory. That was long. And, I like it. Um, okay. Uh, wow. Well, time to wrap it Basically, up. Basically, that was just my way of saying I was really annoyed that El Mariachi was all tied up and then they had to retell the story and say, oh, actually, no, I'm going after Bucho. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay. But, you know, this whole movie, it doesn't really take itself that seriously anyway, so. Oh, by the way, this is a fucking comedy. This Yeah, it's funny. I think this is a parody, and once I started looking at it that way, it was, I mean, it was entertaining from the beginning. It's very, it's very fun to watch. Some of the violent stuff isn't so fun for me to watch, but it's, whatever, it's mostly just gun, there's a lot of blood, I guess, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I think about halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, this is supposed to be funny there because there are scenes that are like laugh out loud funny yeah i thought where like there's a guy who he's like a henchman or something and he's been hired to kill antonio banderas's character and he he's played by um danny trejo danny trejo yeah who's great i always love he's him. great and it's hilarious he's hilarious he's very like scary looking does he, he even say a single word in this film? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that he does. Maybe, but like, anyway, he has all these knives. And there's a scene with him like on top of a car. And the he's like, limo. he's destroying this whole group of dudes that with guns. They all have like Uzis yes. inside a bulletproof and he, limo. And they like can't hit him, of yeah. course. Like no one can hit anything. Uh, and he just like takes them all out with knives. And that part. I found that part so funny. Yeah. And I think that was the point where I was like, oh. Well, it is. I think it, 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 of, it's a parody. It functions in a lot of on a lot of levels. I think it works really well as a parody of like spaghetti westerns and mm-hmm. and just the whole shoot 'em up western genre, all those things because throughout the entire film, like Antonio Banderas will have one pistol and he'll be shooting at 14 guys. Yeah, and they right. all have machine guns <laughs> yeah, and they're they shooting can't. at him and he's standing on top of a bar so he's totally <laughs> exposed and they just hit the bar and he jumps and then although he does get shot and yes, he and, and knifed. um knifed yeah he does to their credit he does get injured and he totally should but uh anyway i just thought i think i think yeah a certain a certain percentage of this is definitely comedy yeah there's a great scene where you laughed out loud where they oh. They're in the bar, and Antonio Banderas has killed like everybody else in the bar. There's one guy left, and he has a machine gun. Antonio Banderas has a machine gun, and they slide. It's a big like bar that goes around oh, yeah. in a big square. They slide on the bar toward each other, which seemed like a weird move anyway. <laughs> like They yeah. both have machine guns. They slide on the bar toward each other. They get right up next to each other, and they both pull the trigger at the same time, and they're both out, and then they look at each other. They scramble on the ground amongst all these dead bodies for other weapons. And like three or four times, they each grab a gun. And then, and then come back together. Come back. Their arms are like intertwined at Yeah, one when point. they first slide. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. It's funny. Also, these guys are good at jumping, spinning kicks. Mm, yeah. I don't know who I was talking about when I wrote that. There's a fight scene, like a, a oh, brawl. 
where these two guys are fighting and everybody's standing around. Not a brawl. Yeah, and, and they're doing these high jumping, yeah. spinning kicks. Like and a like kung they're, fu movie. They're taking almost. everybody, like everybody's getting hit in the face and like knocked down, whatever. And then suddenly someone dies from from the same thing that everybody else has just been like. Yeah. You know, it's like that. Whoops, that whoops, one, yeah. And your your head goes back a little mm -hmm. bit, but you're fine. And then suddenly that same thing happens to a dude and he dies. One last kick and he just breaks the guy's neck. But or I also, that was a part where I wrote down, this seems like it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. And it was. It was funny. I thought it was funny. Uh, one thing, 20 minutes in, no women, not a single woman, except for there were like three women at the bar oh, who yeah, came like in tourists. to complain. And don't be expecting a tip either. Hey, if you don't treat me good, I'm not going to ask you out. Andre Bear tastes like piss. We know! Because we piss in it! No women. 20 minutes in. But there was a funny line right after those women came in. I think Cheech said it, but he was like, bad beer, bad service. Don't people know not to come in here? Yeah. Oh, God. And the beer that they serve in this bar, mm -hmm. Cheech's bar, is, it's disgusting. Apparently, it tastes like piss and it's warm. But also the sound it makes when he pours it into the glass. Was it really bad? It was so gross sounding. <laughs> Do you, you didn't notice that? I didn't it notice was it. so gross. Really good Foley work, huh? Los cabrones aquí. That means like the assholes are here. That was said. Uh, but it was said about Quentin Tarantino and his friend that he walked mm, in with. Mm -hmm. Tarantino was a real asshole in this movie. He tells a really bad long joke. Yeah. It's super stupid. Is he ever not an asshole in any <sighs> I don't think so. Movies? I don't know. He's a real fucking asshole in Pulp Fiction. 32 minutes in, no women. Still no women. 32 minutes in. Have not seen Salma Hayek mm -hmm. and or any other woman. So just a note there. Have we talked about Antonio Banderas? Like how fucking hot he is <laughs> in this movie? Holy shit. Was this his first movie in the States? Because he's Spanish and he... Once again, research yeah. would be good. He was in a lot of Almodovar films and I think this was his big US debut. I'm not positive about that, but I think it was his big, first big hit he was in here. And he starts off with Steve Buscemi talking about how he destroyed everyone in this other bar and his face is in the shadows the whole time. And I really like that when big stars, like they don't show their faces right away. Like there's I mean, a reveal. You know they're in the movie and you're there to see that person in the movie. But it starts off in this really cool scene with him, like his hair shrouding his face and his face is in shadows and... He's really mysterious. And then he just opens his guitar case full of guns and shoots the fuck out of everyone in there. And every time he shoots someone, they fly at least 30 feet back mm -hmm. from yeah. getting hit by one bullet. He also doesn't point his gun and pull the trigger like normal people do. He, It seems he's attempting to throw the bullet out of the gun whenever mm -hmm. he shoots anyone by yeah. whipping it forward at them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Well, that's an old. It's a uh, different style of gun. Yeah, it's a style. Okay. I think it was big in Mexico in, in mm. um, 95. It's just the throwing gun. It's then. like the, yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah, anyway, let's go back to how hot Antonio Menderes is. <laughs> okay. So hot. Also freaky as hell in the beginning when they first show his face after Steve Buscemi has described him. Um, they show his face and it's just like pointing down and his eyes are looking up like all evil and it's mm -hmm. so scary looking. 
But then he's also like this super cool guy who used to be in a mariachi band and used to play the guitar, but he can't really play anymore because his hand got shot. But then he teaches a little boy how to play the guitar. And it's He does cute. a pretty shitty job of teaching him, though. He basically just says, do this with your fingers. Have but them be lighter cute. looser. It's See? cute. Do that. Listen to this. Loosen your fingers a little bit. Like this. You know what I mean? Loosen them up. Don't, don't. It's <laughs> okay. hot, okay? Everything okay. he does in this movie is hot. I mean, he does kill a lot of people mm-hmm. for basically no reason, but... Well, they're they're drug dealers, Jen. He's trying to clean up the town. His one goal is to kill a person who was responsible for his lover's death yeah but he also doesn't like what it what it does to the town and the it's a greater thing it's not just like a revenge and avenging her death it's also like all the violence that it has caused in these towns and the kid is running drugs basically too he finds out later yeah and he hates his guitar case yeah uh 38 minutes in salma shows up Mm mm-hmm oh boy does she oh (laughs) what does that mean oh you know what it means it's Salma Hayek and Antonio Banderas. I mean, the sheer sex, just just the sex right. in that room. And there is a sex scene, and it's not even the sexiest part of the movie. Like, just the two of them and the looks they give each other throughout the whole film, the tension and the sexual tension mm-hmm. and the... yeah. I'm going to disagree, amazing. though. The sex scene is... <laughs> it not being the sexiest sexy, part of the movie. But it's also very... Like, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's yeah. strangely shot, and it's a lot of jump cuts. And it's I mean, hot, it's hot though. But it's hot because it's the two of them. I'm I mean, saying there are other scenes with the two of them where they're like their banter and their yeah. No, I know what you're. They have I know. really good chemistry. The tension was good. Yeah. No, I I can't play anymore. Why? Well, I look at my hands. I can't. Okay, we can improvise. I'll help you. Improvise. Yeah. Well, you play? Um, a little. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a note. <laughs> and she's great, and she's also uh, obviously hot as hell. She um was this one of her first films or first maybe? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't not. Think but so. she seemed really young, and I. I was struck by the fact that, and I actually appreciated the fact, because I was like, okay, Salma Hayek's in this. It's just going to be her boobs, basically. Like, I feel like a lot of movies that she's in, her boobs are always, like, basically exposed. And it wasn't really that, it wasn't that way in this one. Like, she was super hot without being so exposed. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, she was obviously on display, and the camera was being very flattering Yeah, don't get me wrong. But she wasn't. She exists to be sexy and be you know but she's also kind of badass she owns her own business and she's like no she's cool she's great she's sassy and tough and yeah no she's she's great but i mean i'm just saying like she didn't show up till 38 minutes in she's not like you don't treat an important character like that 
in my personal only, opinion. Is she the only woman in the film? Oh no, there's another one. There's the um Bucho has a a woman who is Oh right. Like His a badass wife woman or... who I don't think she says a word throughout the entire Yeah, film. she says a few words. Um she ends up killing Danny Trejo. She's the only one that can kill him. Mm-hmm. One of the other things I wanted to point out is that Robert Rodriguez, when he made the original El Mariachi and when he made this, he wanted Mexicans to be the good guy. They're always like the villain in Hollywood films. And mm, he wanted yeah. one of them to be the hero and be the good guy and be like an interesting character. Uh-huh. And he also made comments about how he didn't want the women just to be objects that men were like in love with and then we're getting revenge for and stuff. He wanted Salma Hayek to be more of a character in this film. Huh. I mean... She's definitely more of a character than Domino was because Domino just gets killed. And who's Oh, that's El Mariachi. I mean, he falls in love with her in the bar and then they, they have a really brief relationship and then she gets killed. That's... Yeah. No, I, I mean, she's a character. I thought she was great in it. I want to be clear about that. I mean, yeah, once she shows up, she's a big character. It's true. And she does have her own personality. She has her own, like, she is really attached to her bookstore. And um, I don't know. Well, Do we know sure anything else about her? Really that attached to the bookstore. She's upset when it burns down because all her money's there. She hid it in the bookstore. But she loves the bookstore. She's always wanted to open a bookstore. I, yeah. I think you're wrong about that. Yes, the money was in there. There's always money in the banana stand. That's what that was like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, her bookstore burns down because Bucho, the big bad mob boss is angry at her because she protected what the fuck is his name what do they call him in the movie el mariachi no they don't call him that in this movie what do they call him they do not call him that they don't no i think they do anyway yeah no i i liked her and i liked their chemistry i just would have liked to see more of her as a character yeah and definitely more sex between them because (laughs) The two of them. God. Kidding me with this. Yeah. Hotness. It's not even fair. It's just not. Here's a thought that I always have Mm -hmm. watching any movies where there are like crime bosses and like a mob. Do you know what it is? Do you know what my thought is? Oh. Well, because usually I I say like, you rat to the feds, you get murdered. Mm. Like what you learn in every Every single one of these fucking stories is that if you tell anyone anything, you're going to get murdered. But that's actually not what I wanted to say. No. Today, I'd like to talk about a different issue, which is the mob boss's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. Which I think in this film, his name, they say his name at another point, but I think he's credited as right-hand. That's literally his name in the script. Really? hmm Interesting. Yeah, so... The mob boss's right-hand man seems like the absolute worst fucking job because because you are the boss's right-hand man and you are expected to have absolute loyalty, There, you also are held to a higher standard, if you will, mm-hmm. which means you're highly likely to get murdered. Always going to get murdered. You are always going to get murdered mm-hmm. if you are the mob boss's right-hand man. Unless you kill the boss and take over. Always. So I just want to know, like, who's accepting these jobs at this point? Is this still an issue that's happening in society? Like, do (laughs) we have, do we have, you know, are these young people going out for these jobs? You know, millennials out there 
trying to scrape together a living. Working their way up and the like, crime ladder. They're just like putting in their applications, their resumes mm-hmm. for right hand, you know, person. Let's be, you know, gender neutral here. And then, I mean, with that, do they not know? You know, it's a surefire uh, path to murder. And this guy goes down in a pretty brutal way. So there is a pretty cool scene that's mostly just fan service um, where El Mariachi shows up again. The actor that played him in the original film Uh shows up as part of... Antonio Banderas's band. Oh, the right. Two guys the that were mariachi in his band. band. Yeah. They show up. He calls them. He's like, hey, I need your help taking down this guy. Back together again, eh? Yeah. Let's play. And they show up and they have. So, <laughs> Compa is his name. He has two guitar cases that he carries and they have like gatling guns in them basically just like machine guns oh god yes that whole scene was also hilarious and kino the other guy has a fucking bazooka like a rocket launcher in his guitar case that he 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 just cocks it every time by holding the handle and holding it like you would a normal guitar case and then he throws it up on his shoulder like a bazooka and fires and just shoots these rockets at things yeah so they'd just fucking destroy the town and shoot up this car and kill a bunch of people. In that scene, at the very end, the right-hand man is standing there. I see, he has a name, I thought. He does, but he's credited as his right hand, I'm pretty sure. I just can't remember um, the name. Antonio Banderas gets in the Jeep and they run over him. They like He's like kneeling down because they shoot him one last time or something, and then he just runs into him like full speed, and it's gross, and there are crunches, oh, and yeah, it's that's disgusting. Right. Yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's disgusting. But yeah, I just, you know, those guys, like, they'll kill you whenever they fucking feel like it. They'll just turn and kill you, especially with a, a dude like this. This mob boss, Bucho, was particularly cruel. You know, there are different depictions of these people. I feel like the Godfather, I'm being serious, mm-hmm. the Godfather was such an interesting and compelling story because the Godfather was, he's a he's this brutal guy who also treats people close to him like family, like who really takes care of people who are close to him, right? right. And who don't cross him. Bucho's you know, not that kind of person. You know his backstory and you yeah, you get to learn how he became this person. Right. Bucho's just a standard no, villain. He, he's just, yeah. exactly. But I... Um, Until... Oh, no, what? I remember nothing. Why? So there's... I think it's right after the sex scene. Carolina is playing guitar and singing. Naked. No, she's dressed. Um, but she's singing. Wasted opportunity. And Antonio's laying there fully clothed. And he's like kind of dozing off or slumbering, but... Then he his like Spidey sense kicks in or something, and he knows oh. they're gonna ambush him. Hey, I wrote I wrote Spidey sense too. Really? I said he has real Spidey sense because yeah. there's no no reason why he should sense them, but he does. He does. They're like he's yeah. He's a badass gun person. He has a guitar case full of guns. He's a spider. He's a spider. He's man. a spider man. He's a spider. This is also I, yeah. a, a prequel to Spider Man. 
This is this movie is he is Spider Man both a prequel and a sequel to several different film yes. franchises. Yes, yeah. Anyway, he shoots his way out of there, and so does she. She gets a gun and shoots somebody finally, and they they get out. Um, and he jumps backwards off of a building and shoots between his legs in slow motion. Shoots these two guys that are on the roof, and then after he gets up, that's the iconic image of he and oh yeah with the explosion walking away (laughs) from an explosion behind them in slow motion and she's wearing his jacket yeah um it's badass yes it is right after that bucho drives into town because he sent all those guys there to get him he knew where the mariachi was and he sees him antonio banderas sees bucho has him in his sights and then he turns around and he can't pull the trigger Oh, and she doesn't I know forgot. why. Okay, yes, now I remember the she big doesn't twist. Understand. The big and then twist later, at the end. The big twist at the end. He gets the compound and he faces Bucho. His brother. His brother. And they both realize uh, they've mano. been chasing these people that they didn't know it was. Tell me everything you know about. Brother. Hermano. I'm doing a lot of Arrested Development references today because this, this movie is also. Uh, a prequel to it is Arrested Development. That's amazing. I don't yeah. see how there are any other connections. In fact, just after that scene, you know that mm-hmm. iconic scene you described is uh the scene is like just after that down the street from there are a bunch of um white idiots doing chicken dances, bad chicken impressions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> When you said the thing about the roof, I thought you were talking about a different scene because there was another scene that made me laugh very hard, uh, which was they're up on a roof. Salma jumps to another roof, Mm -hmm. like below them, but like 50 feet across. Like there's no fucking way you you could jump to that, that distance. But even better than that, Antonio Banderas doesn't even jump. He falls Mm -hmm. off the roof. But still, somehow he pushes back as he's falling. Okay, but still, it's like impossible, just based on like science and <laughs> and math, and also just um, astronomy. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could you mostly w- astronomy. Basically, he falls and somehow ends up fifty feet across from that roof, and he does this little roll thing. Yeah, gets I- up and he's fine. I didn't think those buildings were that far away. And you have to remember, he falls, he pushes off a little bit, and he shoots between his legs. So he fires his guns. And as we've seen from before. Wait, you're saying it's the same scene you were talking about? Yeah. She jumped right before that. And then he falls backward. As we've seen from before, when you throw a bullet at someone with a gun, they Mm -hmm. fly back 30 feet. So, you know, Newton's second law of motion is that if you get a a bullet thrown at you from a gun, you will fly back at least 30 feet. Right. And if you fire a gun and you're falling backwards, it will throw you 30 feet backwards as well. So he used the gun <laughs> to propel himself to the roof. I still, whatever your stupid explanations are, uh, mine was based on science and <laughs> yours was based on <laughs> bullshit. And you could not Within fall the universe off a roof. of this movie, no, it you could fits. not fall it off works. a roof and land on another roof. It, it might not have been 50 feet, it might have been 30 feet, but still, that's pretty far. Point is, it was comedy, comedy yes. gold. It was, it made me laugh. Those are all the notes I have. I stopped taking notes at some point because basically, like, you get, you know, you know the drill. It's like, it's, a, it's basically a Western, yeah. you say. 
it's this guy coming into this small town and there's all these stories about him murdering everybody. And those happen to be true because he murders everybody. Uh, but somehow he's the hero. But he is the hero, because, but it's because he's hot. He does murder everyone. And he that, does. there's another point I want to make. So I was kind of frustrated that they they're just retelling El Mariachi and they didn't they like retconned it kind of with him. They put Antonio Banderas in this scene to show the flashback when Domino got killed from the previous movie. And then they add this stuff about, oh, and it's another drug kingpin, his boss. We have to go after him. At the end of the film, the way they wrap it up, after all this, all these strangely choreographed gunfights and all this other stuff, the very end of the movie, Antonio Banderas realizes that it's his brother and he's weaponless. They're in his compound. So my little brother comes here to teach me a lesson. Show me what's right from wrong. You are a guitar player. What the fuck is a guitar player doing killing my men? Ruining my business. Your men kill the woman I love. But you killed them. So what do you want from me? I don't set out to kill innocent people. Mm, you just buy innocent people. You don't kill them. Until you've run out of use for them, of course. But isn't she the woman you love now? When we take away something, we replace it with something else. She's a real piece of work. Trust me, I know. Bucho's standing there with a gun on him, and probably 20 or 30 other people have their guns on him. Uh huh. Antonio Banderas, before Bucho can shoot Carolina, Antonio Banderas pulls out his, he has guns in his sleeves that he keeps like, oh yeah, popping that was out bad ass. They're huge fucking guns. Oh, They're yeah. enormous. Would you would see them in his very, in your very fitted Toreador jacket. But it still looks super badass yeah. when he pulls them out. When so they... he pops them out and he starts shooting and then the screen goes white. It does? And we're just supposed to know, know that, that he, he killed shot his brother? every fucking person that was there with a gun and they're all pointed at him and he's standing there wide open. He's totally fine. The next scene is him in the hospital because in the big shootout scene where um, Kampa and Kino came back, the boy... The young boy got oh, shot. Yes. So they rush him to the hospital and then they go. This little boy Bucho. who just walks around this little town playing guitar. And then after they go back to the hospital and we're just supposed to know that he killed everyone and they're totally fine. And then they went to the hospital to check on the boy. Why not show that scene? They showed him killing 20 people five other times. Ah, uh, because when you, there's a certain. There's proverbs. Mm, yes, please. About this kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't, I often don't remember exact quotes. It's funny. I remember mm -hmm. exact movie quotes. I don't remember exact anything else. So, but I know that the, you know, the proverb that says, if you rat to the feds, you get murdered. Mm -hmm. We all are familiar with that one. There's another proverb that states, if you murder your brother, it's sacred. So you don't show it. And no one else has the right <laughs> to see that. Okay. No one that's watching the film or within the film? Because about 20 people saw that one, I think. Then they died. So he killed them all after. Yeah. And they just let him because of that proverb. Listen, I don't, I don't know. What know. You're trying to say. I don't have the answer. I, I don't. I think it has something to do with the fact that he killed his brother and yeah. there's something about that that they just decided not to show. I don't know. Also, they've shown every person get the blood 
blasted out of them <laughs> throughout the movie. So maybe they mm-hmm. were like, we've had enough of that. Let's just show a white screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are just, the, this is just me spitballing about what they might have been going on. I mean, also, maybe they ran out of tape. Yep. <laughs> they definitely used tape. Film. In 1995, they maybe were they using. Ran a, maybe they ran out of film. Mm-hmm. You know how when. Uh, no, they shot this on a Pixel Vision with a cassette tape, an audio tape. you know tape. how old style like projectors movie projectors when mm-hmm. they get to the end of the film it does that like flap 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 mm-hmm. flap flap thing i think that that's what happened they and usually when out. that happens it goes white it goes white yeah you're right so you got it figured out i think that um they ran out of tape they ran out of tape and it it was good timing just because of that proverb about yeah it was one know, of those murdering happy your brother that, at first um, they were like oh shit this it just really good. came together and they yeah. watched it later and they're like actually that works actually guys have you heard that that proverb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Desperado. It yeah. is a fun, dark action thriller comedy romance. Yeah. Action thriller comedy romance. Just watch El Mariachi and then watch the sex scene in this one. And you'll <laughs> it be need- good. Yeah, it needs more sex. So basically it's just it's a it's a comedy, it's a romantic comedy with a lot of blood, is what it is. <laughs> and it needs more sex. And he's more naked, uh, these two people. <laughs> but like I said before, I did also appreciate that she was not paraded around naked the entire time. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. I mean, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say this is like peak hotness for them because, hey man, people get hotter with age in some cases. And I hate the whole idea that as you age, you lose your sex appeal. And the reason I hate that is because I am 40. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean... I think this was peak it was Antonio a, Banderas and Salma Hayek like, <sighs> time. They did other movies later. Sexiness. That were big, but this was a big time for their he careers. He did some... Because he also did Original Sin. When was that? That's also, like, has a very, very... Uh, Is there sex in that movie? Sexy sex scene. Like, There's sex crazy in, sex scene. Is there sex in that movie? Okay. Okay, so last week's episode was unusual... Um, thank you very much if you listen to it. I did hear from several people about it, and I appreciate that very much. It was one of the most personal, possibly the most personal one we've done for me, but it was just me talking at the beginning about Montana stuff. And uh, anyway, through this whole thing, like what I was talking about was this article that a couple different people who were also in Montana with me shared with me. And through this article and those people, I have gotten in touch with a whole bunch of other people that um, are survivors of of Mission Mountain School. And some other schools, right? Not just... Yeah, yeah. And, well, one other school. But yes, um, well, two other, I think. Anyway, so it's been really interesting. Uh, It has kind of opened up this door that is kind of exciting and kind of healing and also kind of scary. I think we have some new listeners who um, also went to Mission Mountain School. So if that's you, thank you for listening. Um, It means a lot to me. We have new members in our Facebook group. Hey, come join our Facebook group if you haven't. It's a good place to be. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at NeverSawThatPod. That's basically our podcast. It's my personal Twitter and our podcast Twitter. Micah is at Micah Shelton. 
And uh, I, yeah, follow us, join our Facebook group. I also have, we also have Instagram. I think that's all I want to say. I don't really have a whole lot more to say about the Montana stuff right now. I'm processing a lot of, a lot of stuff. And uh, it's good, it's good to connect with other people who understand it. It really is because it's like, okay, I didn't make this up. I'm not exaggerating. I imagine it's also kind of re-traumatizing and and scary and you feel like an obligation to tell other stories or... Well, I do want to tell other stories. Get it right. But yeah, I want to get it right and I want to represent it in a way. I want the show to be... I mean, our show is like silly a lot of the time, but I want it to be... To strike the right balance. I don't mm-hmm. want it to seem like I'm making light of this experience. I also do have to laugh about it because uh, that's how I deal with stuff. But I do worry about the re-traumatizing. And I think, I mean, we now have this group for survivors of the program. And um, yeah, I think I think a few people have been a little bit re-traumatized by this coming up mm-hmm. in their lives again through our podcast. So it's anyway, it's wild. It's been it's been kind of wild and interesting. And um, we'll see where we go from here. There are a lot of people who are willing to be guests. So we'll work through that, wade through that. And um, yeah, that's all. I appreciate it. Um, Those of you who are, are willing to be guests and come on and share your story. We already have two or three people that still haven't guested from Montana. Laurel is next. Laurel has listened to every one of our episodes. Did you know that? I don't even know if I've listened to every one of our episodes. You haven't. <laughs> I have. But I just, that's so amazing to me. Laurel, yeah. Laurel, just a quick shout out to Laurel who we had, we, she left us voicemails early mm-hmm. on in the show that we played on a couple episodes. Um, Laurel has a really interesting perspective because she was a student and a staff member there. Like she came back and worked as a staff member. So we have so many questions about that. But she has been, one of our biggest supporters from the very beginning. I mean, she's a Patreon supporter. She even like raised her Patreon pledge at one point. She's she's just fucking great. So yeah, um, she told me the other day she hasn't missed. She's listened to every single episode, and I just that's amazing. So well, I can't wait to talk to her. Thank you, Laurel. Yeah, she's own. also really funny. You'll enjoy talking with her, and y'all will enjoy listening to her. I think so. Anyway, thank you, Laurel. Thank you to everybody who who uh, listens to this and supports us in whatever way. And uh, do you have anything else you need to say? One other thing I forgot to mention about Desperado. Oh um, yeah, Los Lobos did the soundtrack for this. That was okay. another big thing for it's a bigger budget, so they got a big band. Los Lobos was huge at the time. I hated it. Okay, good. <laughs> That's funny because the only music I really noticed was the like it sounded like surf rock kind of much like pulp fiction yeah in the beginning and i was like oh my god this is so similar the guitar stuff was just really it just wasn't it didn't work for me okay well good now we have that out there and i don't hate los lobos in general i just i'm not a huge fan or anything but i was struck but you are a hater in general oh that was los lobos i didn't like that yeah and I think since you are a general hater, you're not a, a general hater of them in particular, but you are a general hater. And so you have to share that hate, you know, whenever you have an opportunity. I think that that's like... Is that how I come across? That's haters code. On the podcast? Do you know the, the proverb? Or in life? Do you know the proverb, 
haters gonna hate. I'm not sure you know what the word proverb means. <laughs> oh, I do. We'll take care of this off off air, I guess. I'll take my answer off the air. <laughs> okay, thanks, everybody. I love y'all. Oh, yeah, and we have a new patron and member of our Facebook group and listener. Um, his name is Thomas Paul. Hi, Thomas. And I'm so uh, stoked. Thank you, Thomas. I don't know how you found us. I think probably through some mutual friends of family and stuff in Boise, Idaho. But regardless, thank you so much for becoming a patron. We just shit, man. It's so it's so cool. Um, I struggle to find words when people decide to support us that I think, way. I think you found it. That's how we always like shit, man. That's literally I that's how I it. feel whenever we get a new patron. It's like, what? Shit, man. Shit, man. Cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> no, it's great. That captures the feeling. And actually, I'm not sure what number we're up to. I didn't look, but I think that might put us up to 40. Hmm. You know Which what means, means 10 more patrons and I get a tattoo. Probably with Patreon money, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pay for that tattoo. <laughs> so <laughs> your money is going toward a tattoo, I guess, right now. Of something. And also equipment and also just... It helps with our rentals. It helps with mm-hmm. just the time that, you know, we spend on this. But anyway, so I am going to get a tattoo when we have 50 patrons. And I'm hoping that some of our patrons are artists who want to design a tattoo for me. And then we can, like, vote on it and stuff. Or I don't know. As usual, I don't have the details ironed out. But 10 more patrons, that's not very many. And on that note, thank you to Graham McRae for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our Webernet stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time. See you in the 90s. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, your heart was. I know that you got your reasons These things that are pleasing you Will hurt you somehow